Welcome to Revealing Jesus with Christina Pereira. Are you hungry to hear more about our beautiful Savior Jesus? Well, the Bible declares that grace and peace are multiplied to us in the knowledge of Jesus. Join me for revelatory teaching, interviews with leaders in the body of Christ, and testimonies of God's goodness in your life. Thanks for joining the conversation to reveal more of Jesus to a hurting world today. Jesus can carry our weight. He carried the weight of the entire sin, of every sin, of every person, past, present, and future. So that's a lot of weight he carried. So if you're yoked with Jesus, he's going to carry the weight. And he's going to whisper to you, and he's going to give you rest for your soul. But before we get started, I want to give a quick shout out to our Christina Prayer Ministry sponsors who help support the mission to unite the body of Christ and fulfill the Great Commission with love. A big shout out to Gopher Ministries, who provides all of our equipment for our gospel events. Davis Financial Services, who does all of our financial accounting Harvest Family Network, through which I am licensed and ordained, and Life Changing Productions, who helps put together evangelistic events to reach our city for Jesus. If you or your organization are interested in becoming a CPM sponsor, you can find out more information on our website at ChristinaPereira.org. Do you have a loved one special occasion coming up? and don't know what to get them, well, now you can sponsor an episode of Revealing Jesus in their name. And you can give them a special dedication message read on air. It makes a great gift. To find out more information, just go to christinaperreira.org slash podcast. Hey, everybody. Thanks so much for tuning into this week's episode of Revealing Jesus with Christina Pereira. I am your host, Christina, and I'm so excited to have you with me here today. I hope and I pray that you are doing well right where you are and enjoying the continuously flowing favor of grace pouring from our beautiful Savior and Father in heaven. I've got a great show for you today. I have an amazing leader in the body of Christ with me. He is one of the top freelance producers for Christian radio, having worked on the Josh McDonald Radio. Today's Father and Jesus Freaks Radio, my kind of show. He is a sought after speaker and the author of The Next Verse. Welcome to the podcast, Jay Pay Leitner. Uh, Christina, what a privilege to hang out with you a little bit. The idea of revealing Jesus, boy, just touches my heart because he is right around the corner. He is in my heart. He is right there. But so often, we don't let him impact our lives like we should. So thank you for that challenge, revealing Jesus. That's a challenge to me right now. Well, you know, the most beautiful thing, I get the privilege of talking to amazing ministers and amazing people like you all over the body of Christ. And what I find is that in all of his beautiful attributes, his character, his anointing, his passion, he's revealed in every single one of us all across the body of Christ. And if we have eyes to see and ears to hear, you will hear the king. And I have a feeling that he is more revealed in you than you can ever imagine. And, you know, I tell myself that all the time. I trust him to do that. I trust him to be what he wants to be to the hurting world around me. So welcome to the podcast. I've told our listeners so much about you. Is there something you can share with them? Maybe just something personal just to help get to know you? Oh, well, I live in the Chicago suburbs. 
And I was raised Catholic. And that's a pretty good foundation because, boy, I made it to Mass every Sunday for decades. And I found Christ. I understood the gift of grace and my need for a Savior and his ability to ransom me from the, from the fires of hell. As a Catholic, believe it or not, we, I wasn't born again Catholic, but we needed mm-hmm. better teaching every Sunday and in Wednesdays and Bible studies and things like that. So my wife and I and our five kids ended up at the big denominational church at the edge of town, and the teaching was great. And out of that has come my ministry. But maybe more interesting to your listeners is that's fascinating. That's pretty good stuff. But yeah. I, I was on Michigan Avenue doing advertising in Chicago for a decade while all this was happening before God called me in writing and in radio production. But I did uh, beer commercials for Corona Beer. I did uh, TV commercials for airlines and Kroger grocery stores. And I did coupon ads for VegJol. I helped lead the creative team that named Sun Chips back in the day. You like Sun Chips. Everybody likes Sun Chips. So. Oh, my goodness. Those are my favorite chips. But, oh. uh, but again, I might have got fired from a couple of those jobs. And I ended up. God called me in the Christian ministry. So it's, you know, that might be the lesson of one of the great takeaways of my life is that God uses all of it. Mm-hmm. Even the bad stuff, you think you're hitting bottom and he pulls you right up. Again, for Romans 8, 28, for all, you know, God uses all things for good for those who are called, who love him and are called according to his purpose. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's one of my certainly life verses. And I've seen it over and over again. So wherever you are, guys out there listening, you too, Christina. Yeah. When you're hitting bottom, you know what? God's going to use that. Maybe not right away, but mm-hmm. he will eventually. I promise. I promise. He promises. Mm-hmm. I love that so much. You know, I was called into ministry when I was seven years old and I was saved sitting on a Baptist pew. But the way that my life kind of went, I wanted to go to Elon, which actually is a Christian school. And I wanted to go for ministry in North Carolina. But the way that my life went, it didn't go that way. And I ended up getting into finance. And business and marketing. I did loans, I did mortgages, and I did marketing. And so when you say advertising, that makes me so excited because God is so creative. And he is, you know, sometimes we think ministry and the marketplace are separate. But I've really noticed that, especially in these last days, God is weaving them together. And I see so many people like you and so many people like me where he's got kingdom advertisers. And it's incredible. (laughs) Yeah, I learned when I was in advertising how to write short and get mm-hmm. to the point and to touch on the hearts of people, their felt needs kind of thing. Yeah. It's exactly my writing. I've written more than 30 books, sold, I think, 750,000 copies, but I write short so that people can just grab on it and they go, I hear your voice. It's in my writing. And again, what a privilege. I can trace it back to yeah. the stuff that I thought that I learned in this secular world, relates into sharing the gospel. I love that so much. And thank you for answering the call. And thank you for all of the people out there who are answering that call. Mm-hmm. Because I truly do believe that we are living in the last days. And God is willing that none should perish. And he needs absolutely every single one of us. So it's a privilege and an honor for me to be a champion, a cheerleader, an encourager, a builder in the body of Christ to encourage people towards that push. I loved your book, The Next Verse, What You Never Knew, about 60 of your favorite Bible passages. 
If you listen to this podcast, you know that I am a stickler for preaching and teaching in context. I don't like it when people cherry pick scriptures and create doctrines of men, and I don't like it. You know why? Because I love people and I hate deception, and I want people to be free and powerful and strong and amazing people in the kingdom and go out there and tell the world about this living and loving Jesus. And so I love that you're doing that. And I love that you put it in a devotional format. So it's in really easy to read portions that you can sit down and read every single day. And the Lord highlighted a few of those chapters to me here today, but we've already touched on one. The Lord works all things together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose. Can we talk about that one a little bit? Because I feel like he's on that right now. Well, absolutely. I guess what I want to do first, though, is get people some context, if that's okay, how the book got inspired. Yes, absolutely. Go right um, ahead. Listeners, I promise you, they have coffee mugs and refrigerator magnets and needlepoint on their walls and posters on their walls and maybe some tattoos and some little pendants with heart shape with their favorite verses on them. Mm-hmm. And that's fantastic. You know what? A, a single piece of scripture can really motivate and challenge you, get you to think every day. What I'm going to say in the whole concept of what we're talking about today is, do you know, look at that verse you have on the wall or on your coffee mug, right? Even now and say, ask yourself, do I know the next verse? Mm-hmm. And uh, I bet... Uh, even that thought right there is going to be convicting to quite a few of your listeners right now, Christina, because, oh, they'll say, wow, I don't know the next verse. And how this came to me was I had got a brand new Bible, uh, and I was listening to a preacher, and he was talking about Ephesians 2, 8, and 9, and I'm just resting in that as just wonderful stuff, for it is by grace you have been saved. Yeah. And this is not from yourselves. It is a gift of God, not by works. So that mm-hmm. no one can boast. And I'm just relishing in that, enjoying that moment. Yes, good stuff. That's grace. You can't earn your way to heaven. And then he talked about the next verse, mm. which was, for we are God's handiwork. Created yes. in Christ Jesus to do good works. Amen. Which God had prepared in advance for us. It's like, wait a second. And juxtapose those two verses seem to contradict each other. Well, of course they don't. Because if you're saved, and you've got that faith, and you've accepted that gift, he's going to give you work to do. Mm-hmm. But initially, it's like it's clarifying, it's contradictory, it's explaining, it's reminding. And so after that new Bible, I opened it up to the back, inside back cover. It was all white, white, white. And I wrote down Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, plus 10. And that was just a little thing. And then within a year or two, that back page was filled with, a verse and the next verse that seemed to contradict each other. And I'd laugh out loud sometimes. So that was my first step into this journey of the next verse. And Christina, you said context. It's fantastic. Every verse of scripture has this context. Who's speaking it? Where are they speaking? What's the reason? What's their audience? Mm-hmm. But I got a chance to find it down to just that, to sharpen it down to a verse and the next verse. And I got a chance to do that 60 times. In this little book that was convicting to write and a joy and a challenge to write. So anyways, that's where we're going. I love that. I think your book is straight out of the heartbeat of God. 
because God wants his children strong and he wants you knowing the word of God for yourself. You know what Isaiah says and uh, about the new covenant, God says, I will write my laws in their hearts. They will be my people and I will be their God and they will all know me from the greatest to the least. This is our portion in the new covenant. We are all invited into that relationship mm. with God. And I'm so thankful for apostles, prophets, teachers, evangelists. We are all called to build up the body of Christ until we reach the knowledge of the new man who we are in Christ Jesus. So he's given us people as gifts and ministries as gifts to do that. But God is also beckoning every single one of his children to know the Bible. And, you know, I founded my own walk. It's been one of the greatest tools to keep me from deception and keep me in the power of God, in the love of God, in the word of God, is knowing the Bible for myself. And I get frustrated because I see too many Christians quoting verses like, oh, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. Well, the rest of that verse is, no weapon formed against you shall prosper because your righteousness is from the Lord and the Lord declares that. And so I feel like in order to do a justice to the word of God, we need to quote the entire thing. And in order to quote the entire thing, we need to know the word of God for ourselves. We can't just rely on that refrigerator magnet. I love refrigerator magnets. I have a lot of Hobby Lobby stuff in my house. Trust me. Trust me. I get it. But we need to keep going. So let's talk about Ephesians. I love it. So you were quoting Ephesians 2, 8, and 9 for great. For by grace, you've been saved through faith. That's not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So let's talk about the context. So here Paul's talking to the Ephesian church. These are believers he's talking to. This is the apostle Paul speaking. These are the letters he's writing as he is sitting in prison. So let's talk about that. Um, so can you talk about the juxtaposition? You said, so it's by grace that we've been saved. And yet we've been called into this incredible relationship where God has preordained mm -hmm. things for us to do as believers. Right now, what you and I are doing was preordained before time began. Just think about that for a minute. It's not incredible. And even beyond that, Paul goes on to kind of talk about the work that he has for us. So yes. you might be saying to yourself, what works? And we can go out and do stuff that we think is right. We can, you know, service at a soup kitchen or put a bucket, you know, Salvation Army bucket at Christmas. But he wants us to, moving on in that same chapter, Ephesians 2, he wants us to destroy the barrier between people. He wants us to Amen. help create a new humanity. And mm. he wants us to preach peace. So there's real world things that God has prepared for us to do. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you can't just sit on your grace. You, you can't sit on grace and go, I'm done. I'm good to go. Hey. Now, certainly we, we know that if you physically can't or you financially can't or there's things that you can't do, but you, know, you stretch yourself. God has something for you to do. Amen. It's going to be surprising to you if you allow yourself. So that's one great example of context. Yes. Uh, one verse, the next verse, and who Paul is preaching to there. Mm -hmm. He's not preaching to the lost there. He's preaching to the saved, as you pointed out. Good stuff. That's right. Absolutely. And I found that even on Revealing Jesus, 
we're revealing the word of God and we're, re- we're revealing Jesus to not only people who are lost, but also to the body of Christ. Because there's been a lot of misconception and misinformation out there. And I love that he's doing that. And so the Apostle Paul, is, is, he goes on to say, for he himself is our peace, who has made both one and has broken down the middle wall of separation, having abolished in his flesh the enmity, that is the law of commandments contained in ordinances, so as to create in himself one new man from the two thus making peace, and he might reconcile them both to God and in one body through the, Christ, through the cross, thereby putting to death the enmity. And he came and preached peace to you who were far off and to those who were near. Mm. For through him, we have both access by one spirit to the Father. And there the Apostle Paul is talking about how God in himself has created one new man, how there is now, therefore, not Jew, not Greek, not male, not female, not slave, not free, but one new man in Christ Jesus. And, you know, we were talking about grace and how you were saying you can't just sit on grace. I've found that once your heart gets a message, once you truly see the grace of God and who he is and what he has done for you, you can't help but burn. You can't help but run. It's compulsory. It's God, you're so good. Jesus, it's marvelous how you created in yourself one new man. And now each and every one of us, slave, free, Jew, Greek, male, female, now we're all tasked with the message of reconciliation. Hallelujah. Run, run, run with the message of grace. You can't help it. Well, Christina, I hope that your listeners are as inspired as I am by your passion and your sincerity and the truth that you're saying clearly. But we touched on something. Maybe we could debate this point a little bit. Scripture, all of Scripture, is a love letter from God. Mm -hmm. Amen. um, It's a sense that it's written to believers. Now, certainly, Paul wrote letters to struggling churches. Mm -hmm. And certainly, the great prophets We're speaking to folks who are in the middle of their pagan worship rituals. Mm -hmm. But one of the verses that I explored in the book was the verse that is so misused these days. And you know what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. Do not judge or you too will be judged. Let's talk about that. Yeah. Somebody, certainly some pagan or some non-believer will throw that in your face. You can't judge me because they know one piece of scripture. They know that one piece of scripture, so they use it. (laughs) The Bible says, do not judge or you too will be judged. We could yell at them and say, you're taking it out of context. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, there's a sense that they might be right. We can't, Christina, we can't hold non-believers to the same standard that we hold ourselves. Amen. Preach it. They yeah. don't have the spirit. Well, I'm thinking of First Corinthians in chapter 5. Paul writes, it isn't my responsibility to judge outsiders. Mm-hmm. But it certainly is your responsibility, he's telling the Corinthians church, but it certainly is your responsibility to judge those inside the church who are sinning. So, I mean, we need to be careful with that. I mean, we're all sinners. God's going to have his final say, of course. Mm-hmm. But at Matthew 7, 1, do not judge, or you will to be judged. And I, I get what they're saying. But the next verse is, the next few verses are instructions on how to judge, saying, yes, you should judge, but here's how you do it. 
Well, in the mm. same way you judge others, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. So there's this idea that we need to, okay to judge, but we need to look at the world. We need to look at the world and identify, oh, that's good stuff, that's bad stuff, that's righteous, that's non-righteous. But we first need to maybe spend more time getting our own head on straight before we start judging left and right. And because the verse in Matthew goes on to talk about the great, take the plank out of your own eye. You see, That's right. I see a little speck of sawdust in your brother's. Take the plank out of your own, and then you can see clearly to see the speck in your brother's eye. So there you go. So you're <laughs> nodding your head with me in that the scripture is a love letter from God, and we almost can't. The truth still works. There are still truths that you can speak to a believer. But let's get our own act together first, I think. Amen. Especially me. I'm talking to me, Christine. You know, you've got your act together. I still got work to do. Well, you know, we're all on this upward stumbling journey of being transformed into the image of our beloved Jesus. And my stance is this. I am not surprised when I see sinners act like sinners. That's who they are. It's in their nature. And it was in our nature before we received a new nature and we received the power of the Holy Spirit to put to death the deeds of the flesh. The Bible says that those who are led by the Spirit are the sons of God. In all things, we must be led by the Spirit. So my stance simply is this, and I deal with people the way the Lord deals with me. He is so kind and so gracious and so forgiving and so merciful, and he is always calling me into my identity in Jesus. You know, there is a place where he is correcting me. He will say, just like the Apostle Paul corrects the Galatian church, Mm -hmm. he's saying, don't you know that you are the temple of the Holy Spirit? Why unite the members of your body with idols? Why do that? Hello, don't you know that you are the temple of the Holy Spirit? He admonishes them with great love and kindness and calling them into who they are in Christ. That's how God deals with us. And that's how we should deal with our brothers and sisters. And so if you see, and the Bible makes this very clearly, it says, if you see another brother or sister overtaken with a fault, gently, humbly remind them who they are in Christ, lest you judge and be overtaken with the same thing. And so we have to deal with people the way that God deals with us in great mercy and great kindness. And I found, just in my experience, that people who don't have an understanding of how forgiven they are, they deal harshly with other people. And what I'm about to say might be a shock to you. And the Apostle Paul makes it very clearly, every single one of us is the worst sinner of all. If we truly knew how much we have offended God's holy standards, we would never, ever step into a place of high judgment let alone on another believer or on another person. And so we have to understand how deeply we are forgiven, how truly we are blessed, how every single one of us has nothing that's not given to us by the grace of God, nothing. Mm. It is the only thing, the only thing. And then what we do with that grace is we use it, we run with it, we give it away, but we have to understand it for ourselves first. And, you know, God has been so gracious in this last season. He's been dealing with this in the body of Christ. And I am looking forward to the mercy that's going to come out of it. 
I really am because, you know, the Lord himself says, I desire mercy and not judgment. Um, you're sending me over to Romans 3.23 right now for all have sinned. Yes. And fall short of the glory of God. Well, of yes. course we do. God is God and we're not. For all have sinned. Romans 3.23, for all have sinned. My golly. And, and should be broken and fall short of the glory of God. But then the next verse, because I'm pulling, this is, I think, chapter 38. I keep going back to it. Thank you. Romans 3.24. We've just said all have fallen short, all have sinned. Romans 3.24. And all are justified freely. Amen. By his, by his grace through, yes. through the redemption that yes. came by Christ Jesus. And it's, it's so clear. It, two short verses. You know, circle them, memorize them. Nobody has raw have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and the refrigerator magnet because it's not uplifting. It doesn't feel very good, does it? Well, maybe, maybe we should put on there the next first and huh? so that we know that we're freely justified by grace. Uh, Come on, go. let's make a magnet. Let's make a magnet. But we could go deeper. You can be confusing. We could talk about those big words, justification and propitiation and redemption and sanctification and glorification. And if you read all of Romans... You're going to get much of that. You get all that kind of thing. But all have sinned and all are justified by his grace. Boom. Amen. Pretty pretty simple stuff there. Amen. And that's, again, one, one of the chapters. Oh, you call it a devotion. I didn't write this as a devotional. Oh, you people, didn't? But people are oh. using it like that. Because I, oh, I write that's... short chapters. I write short chapters. So it's 60 short chapters that people, you know, it's two months worth of devotional. It totally is. But I wrote I it because I, I wanted to explore take three or four pages to explore all these verses from the Old Testament, the New Testament, some Psalms, and, you know, some from Ecclesiastes, and a couple from Philippians, and First Peter. I mean, I'm jumping around, and so people are using it. So you're not wrong, but it wasn't conceived as that, but it's being used as that, which is it's kind of fun to me. Can I do a couple more that are just so fun for me? Yes. Was, um, this is on welcome mats and on homes throughout the world. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. A wonderful miracle is such a wonderful thing. As for me and my family, we will serve the Lord. And that's Joshua 24, 15. And people have them on their wall. They don't even know who Joshua is, probably. Which, you know. I know who Joshua is. <laughs> I don't know you do. And you listeners do. But the point is that you don't think about it. You just like the little 10 words. As mm -hmm. for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Okay. Well, this is Joshua's farewell. It's in the 24th chapter of the book he wrote. We know Joshua took over from Moses, and he was the one who finally got the Israelites into the promised land. He's 110 years old, kind of his last gathering. He assembles all the tribes of Israel in the valley or the desert of Shechem, wherever that is. And he reminds them of their history, of God's faithfulness through the years. And he talks before Joshua 24, 15, he talks about Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and the crossing of the Red Sea and the time in the desert. And then he says, I'm going to paraphrase here. He says, okay, but we you know we've let some idols sneak into our life once in a while over the years. But he says, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And the people, the next verse is a wonderful reply by the people. The people replied, we would never abandon the Lord and serve other gods. That's mm. wonderful. That's exactly what you want to hear. But Joshua, because he knows these people, he asks them two more times. He says, wait a second, are you going to really do that? And they say again, they confirm it. So three total times, they say, no, we will serve the Lord. And Joshua dies. He's a happy man. They bury him. 
that's the end of the book of Joshua. You flip two pages into the next book of the Bible, Judges, and those rascally rabbits, the Israelites, they are back doing their worship idol kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So, so it's a reminder to us, but also it's a challenge. So I'm going to speak to anybody who's got that on their wall or their welcome mat. That is not just this nice little charming verse. It is a challenge. Mm-hmm. It is a challenge for you to look at, consider what your idols are and or what idols are standing right outside or ready to, to snatch your attention. And then also it's a challenge to reaffirm that, yes, as for me and my family, we're going to push aside the idols. We're mm-hmm. going to look at the beautiful face of God and we will serve the Lord. So I hope that that idea that you're walking down your hallway, when you see a verse on your wall, ask yourself if you really know the context, really know the next verse, because mm-hmm. that'll serve you well mm-hmm. as you serve the Lord. You know, and it's amazing. As soon as you said that, I know where that scripture's from. And it reminds me that we cannot serve the Lord without the empowering presence of the Holy Spirit, without the work of Jesus. Without the new covenant understanding, we simply cannot serve the Lord in our own strength because we will always fail. And, uh, you know, I challenge you, if you are serving the Lord out there, you're serving it because he's empowering you to serve him, not out of your own strength. Don't do it out of your own strength. Mm. And uh, just simply cannot. You know, that was God's main issue with the Israelites coming down from the Mount Sinai after writing the Ten Commandments the second time, they said, all that God commands us to do, we will do. That is pride and arrogance right there. I cannot do anything without God empowering me to do it. I absolutely cannot do anything, and neither can you. And the more you try, the more you will be humbled (laughs) to see that you simply cannot. You simply cannot. You, yeah, you start exalting yourself, and he's going to humble you real quick. I have found that out very personal level too many times. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do another one if I can. Really, Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Come on, let's do it. This is another one of those things that just even so wonderful. If you think about sitting in the shade with Jesus and drinking lemonade because he says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, I will give you rest. Matthew yes. eleven twenty eight. What a wonderful, comforting thing. And that's absolutely true. Or if you're burdened, if you're grueling, Jesus, he's going to give you rest. Now, the flip side of that, of course, is if you're getting too comfortable, he might make you uncomfortable. Mm. That's not what this verse is about. This is about, come to me, Ahua, weary, and I will give you rest. Okay. And it's for everyone. All It's not just for me. It's for all who are weary. He can do that. Mm-hmm. I'm going to ask you, Christina, do you know the next verse? I do. And I know the context, man. Come on. I love it. You're going to have to come back because you're the only person I've got to sat here and open my Bible and really pull this stuff out. And I love it. Okay. Take my yoke upon you. What? Jesus, what are you doing to me? I hope that's not irreverent there. Take my yoke. He wants to put a yoke on us. Christina, yeah. that's not it, right? I come well, to him good. for rest. I that's come to good. him for rest. And I want, he's going to put a yoke, his yoke. Uh-huh, but it's not my yoke. It's mm-hmm. his yoke. Mm-hmm. His yoke is going to be easy and his burden is light. Mm-hmm. The whole verse is worth reading. Matthew 11, mm-hmm. 29 and 30. Take yeah. my yoke upon you and learn from me. For yes. I am gentle. This is Jesus talking. For yes. I am gentle and humble in heart and you will find rest for your souls. Mm. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. 
so many things in there. You find rest, not just physical rest, but rest for mm-hmm. your soul. Oh, don't you want that desperately? And also, yes. if you're yoked with Jesus, it says, "He take my yoke upon you and learn from me. He's going to be whispering directions to you. He's going to be whispering stuff to you because mm-hmm. he's right next to you. And then the other thought is, you think Jesus can carry our weight? He carried the weight of the entire sin, of every sin, of every person, past, present, and future. So that's a lot of weight he carried. So if you're yoked with Jesus, he's going to carry the weight, and he's going to whisper to you, and he's going to give you rest for your soul. So I'll take that. So maybe the lesson here is maybe we need to kind of seek out more burdens. Take out some more burdens, and then take them to Jesus, and he's going to help you plow through them because he's got the yoke, so he's going to help you plow through them. That's kind of a joke there. I didn't mean that to be a joke. (laughs) It's okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So Matthew yeah, 11, 28, meaning read the next verse in your scripture and go ahead and grab my book and read the next verse is the name of the book. Mm-hmm. And, and my plug there. Yes. And if we go on to talk about the context of this chapter. So Matthew is one of Jesus's disciples and he's revealing this aspect of Jesus. And in the context, Jesus is giving a dichotomy between his teaching, his ways and the kingdom of heaven and following the law. That's what he's doing. And he's saying, if you want true rest for your souls, get out of the knowledge of good and evil and come to the one who created you and knows you best and will lead you. Not only that, but when you're yoked with Jesus, he is a strong ox and he will carry the weight. When you yoke an animal, so the plowers, they would often yoke two oxen together and plow. And I love this picture um, because I had just such a great conversation with Samuel Rodriguez about plowing. And so when you're yoked with Jesus, Jesus is obviously the stronger animal than you. And when you're empowered by grace, empowered by the presence of the Holy Spirit, he's going to do in you what only he can do. So, you know, you set your hands to the plow. We do our small little task of writing the book or whatever. And the Holy Spirit, Jesus, the stronger ox, is creating momentum that we cannot possibly do ourselves. Hmm. Jay, this has been so amazing. I love it. Well, is there anything burning on your heart that you'd like to share directly to our listeners today? Yeah. um, Thank you for that opportunity. I guess my challenge and my burden right now would be to not stop. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we stop too early. Sometimes there's something in front of us that God puts in front of us and we kind of do it halfway, half-hearted. Keep at it. This whole idea of the next verse, we get confused by the scripture or it says something we just don't like, so we close it. But man, we got to keep going. Take that next step. Read the next verse. Read the entire chapter. Go back and read it a couple times because God is not a God of confusion. He's a God of understanding and truth. Now, yeah, for sure, when you first come to Jesus, as a baby Christian, there are things you're going to be confused. And I think that's kind of part of the challenge is he wants us to work through the truth of scriptures. He mm-hmm. wants us to dig in. So that would be my prayer and my challenge would be don't stop. And don't be afraid, you know, join a small group and don't be afraid to say, I don't get this. Could you help me with this? Yeah. And, and you don't have to be a Bible scholar. And so you shouldn't be a Bible scholar. You should be a Bible lover. It's not an intellectual thing. Well, it can be, but it needs to be a hard thing Amen. to make sure you got it right. And don't be intimidated by that big, big book with the, you know, with all the pages in it and the 66 chapters. 
because when the pieces start to come together, mm-hmm. my wife does picture puzzles and she'll take a 2000 pieces and throw it out on the coffee table. And I want no part of that mm-hmm. because there's just too much there. But when she starts getting the outline and it gets, you know, starts getting in there, then I'll sit next to her and I'll put some of the pieces in. And mm-hmm. I might be the one who, who hides the last piece in my pocket to put in, but that's another story altogether. That's my burden. But the point is when the pieces start to come together, oh, it's so beautiful. Mm-hmm. And I promise you, if you dig through scripture, Christina, you can verify that. Mm-hmm. When the pieces start to come together, it's such a beautiful story of your life. Even though there'll be, you know, brambles and dark tunnels, the pieces of your life come together and it's a beautiful thing. And that only comes from digging through scripture in context and prayer and surrounding yourself with folks who are like-minded and that want the best for you in Jesus' name. Can Amen. I pray? Is that what we're headed yes. for? Yes. Absolutely. Thank you so much for sharing that. And I just want to add this in here real quick. You know, one of my favorite verses, this is my life verse. When they saw the courage of Peter and John, and they realized that these were unschooled, ordinary men, they took note and they were amazed. These men had been with Jesus. And God is inviting absolutely every single one of us into this life. It's not just for me, not just for you. It's for everybody to see Jesus in the scriptures. And to know him and to allow the Holy Spirit to reveal him. So thank you. And I just bless our listeners and I agree wholeheartedly. Will you pray for them that they can either go deeper on this journey or whatever the Lord lays on your heart? Well, Heavenly Father, yeah, ordinary broken men, ordinary sinful men, ordinary men who have this God-shaped hole in our heart that only you can fill. Uh, Heavenly Father, help us seek you in every aspect of our lives, in the kitchen and in the family room and in the bedroom and in the backyard and in the garage, and even in that dark closet that I don't even want to think about what's in there, Lord. If you could just present yourself to Christina and me and every listener here of this Revealing Jesus podcast, present yourself in new truth and new understanding, and new revelation that they can apply to their life this mm-hmm. very day. Yes, God. And what a blessing, Lord. And we're praying that with great intentionality. And mm-hmm. we know that uh, you answer all prayers. Yeah. So uh, with that in mind, uh, be su- surprise some folks, surprise some listeners this day and this week of uh, new plans, new hope, new love in their life. Mm-hmm. And we pray this in the name of Jesus who went to the cross for all of us. Yes. Amen, amen. 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 Thank you so much. It has been such a pleasure to have you with me here today. I'm going to have you come back because we got a lot more in there to go through and pull out the context. I love it. (laughs) God bless. Take care. (laughs) So good. Well, I hope and I pray that today's episode has blessed you. I will have links from today's podcast and resources in the show notes on cpnshows.com under Revealing Jesus with Christina Pereira. There you'll find additional resources to connect with us and our special guest, Jay Payleitner. And don't forget to pick up a copy of his new book, The Next Verse, and go deep with God. Until next week, may grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of Jesus. God bless. 
Thanks so much for tuning into this week's episode of Revealing Jesus with Christina Pereira. I hope today's episode has blessed you. Please subscribe, share it with your friends, and don't forget to sign up for our ministry mailing list for more encouraging content about our beautiful Savior, Jesus. Just text JESUS to 1-833-815-7778. That's 1-833-815-7778. Seven 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 eight, And of course, it's your turn now to join the conversation. Send me your burning questions, leaders you would like to hear from in the body of Christ, your testimonies, and more. Just click join the conversation in the show notes. And for more information about our ministry, visit us at ChristinaPereira.org. Until next week, may grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of Jesus. God bless.